So anyways, I'm reading the government book and I specifically remember Nelson Mandela died in prison in 1993 or 1994. I read this in 2008. I'm pretty sure you did too. Okay. 2012 comes around and Nelson Mandela comes on the news and dies. They announced Yo, hold up. Nelson Mandela hold up. died. Hold up. What do you mean? You don't know about I, this? Dude, I thought he was dead. Nelson Mandela died in 2012, an old man, a South African hero. He got out of prison alive. I thought this dude was dead. I'm pretty sure I read something, too, that he died like long time ago, like in the 90s, right? In prison. In prison? Yeah. No, he died in 2012 as an old man who got out of prison and saved South Africa, basically. <laughs> this is tripping me out, dude. That's the original Mandela effect. You're a victim of the original Mandela effect as well. And I am too. Now, the Berenstein Bears is the only other one that I'm like, absolutely, it was Berenstein. Have you uh, contemplated the meaning of life yet? Every day, bro. Every day I wake up, it's, uh, it's something new. Yeah, never a dull moment. I was watching a video yeah. earlier today about a girl who was having a near-death experience and she was talking about uh, what happened. And I didn't hear how she came back to life. But basically she was saying she met like every person she's ever known that has passed away. And then she had like some life review. And, you know, a lot of it sounded like some of the takeaways that you and I were talking about from psychedelics last week. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. What were some of the takeaways? Um, well, she was saying that you basically are in another dimension and you kind of know and realize that like some of the creatures that or people that you're meeting or whatever might be from another dimension while you're there. But it's almost like you just understand that and you don't really question it. And she said some of them might have looked extraterrestrial to her, if you want to call it that. But she said, basically, you review your life and you learn how things like karma work out where maybe in a previous life you murdered someone. And then in the next life, this random person like wrongs you somehow and it's like karma or whatever. And she mm. said, like, when you're doing your life review, you like can feel how you made other people feel like the good moments and the bad. And you like. Yeah. You know, and you're just looking at it. And I don't know. I, I She was just talking about a lot of details that I guess if someone who's listening has never taken a psychedelic or heard people talk about, like, what happens after you die, like, from a near-death experience, I feel like a lot of this just, yeah. just sounds like gibberish. But um, it yeah. is interesting that uh, – I don't know. I feel like when, when I'm on a – high dose of mushrooms in the past it feels as though um you're tapping into something that is there that you can't tap into normally with the the psychedelic right and a lot of it does feel like you gain insights and takeaways that ring of buddhism you know and like eastern philosophy you know, where it's about like reaching 
your true life purpose and and your highest self and like karma and dharma and you know past lives and reincarnation like a lot of that shit feels like the same type of universal intelligence that you're tapping into when it when you take a psychedelic like that you know what i'm saying right yeah did you know that like we have our own our brain produces dmt like it actually produces we have a psychedelic that in our own bodies without us needing any kind of external intake of it which yeah. is pretty crazy and that's what happens when we die right our brains release dmt that's <clears throat> what they say uh and what i do wonder what i do wonder is if dmt is actually just a chemical that gets released to help with the coping of dying of the process of dying or if it's actually a transitionary aid you could say to allow us i don't know what what do you think is the purpose of dmt i've been thinking about it and it like beams like your what consciousness to the real reality and we're in a little bit of a simulation created by higher beings in another dimension known as god and god's angels and so when uh when you die it's like what happens to the people uh in the movie jumanji where they beat the game and then they get zapped back up into the real world see that's trippy and i i would never want that to be the case <laughs> if i'm being honest and the dmt is just like them ripping the cord out of the back of your head like in the matrix yeah yeah, that's that. That's what I was thinking. Like, what if that's the case, right? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, I don't know what to make of reality, but like you said, and like you've said in previous episodes, we just have a natural inclination to question it, and that's why we're here. I feel Black like theories. Sometimes I just want to yeah. stop questioning everything because questioning everything is making me fucking just <laughs> really feel weird about. <laughs> The reality I live in. Maybe I'm questioning things a little too much lately. Hmm. All I've known is questioning, though. So I, I don't really know what it's like to not. I feel like once you've decalcified your amygdala, there's no going back. Maybe that's what's happened. I was telling you before this pod, now that we're recording, I might as well repeat it. But basically, ever since my hometown Chiefs won the Super Bowl on Sunday, I woke up the next day and I have literally just not felt like myself and I feel like maybe I'm just questioning reality altogether for some reason and uh, I don't know what to make of it but I don't know if it could be related to the fact that every week for the last six weeks we've been literally questioning everything nonstop <laughs> you know <laughs> And our last one was pretty yeah. juicy where we talked about the purpose of life and shit. And maybe that contributed to to me just like waking up feeling like I know nothing about it. I don't know fuck about mm. shit. That's what Ruth <laughs> Some would existential say anxiety. on Ozark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think uh, existential anxiety is a real thing. My wife has had it is a that lot, a thing actually that what i just described dread? is that a is that a thing 
That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where she doesn't want to question it. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, getting in your head and like thinking about like, oh my God, this is like temporary, you know, and I'm eventually going to meet my maker in a way, but I don't even know what that maker is. So what can I expect? And so I think that what I, you know, what I really love about the topic of like UFOs and basically what we talk about, you know, on this show is that I feel like eventually we'll get some answers to to a lot of the questions that we're asking, hopefully in our lifetime. But I feel like it's okay to question it because I don't know about you, man, but I feel like every time we talk about it, I feel like we get one step closer because if we're just if we're just trapped in our own brains, right? And we we don't voice it in a way, I feel like it doesn't it doesn't I don't know. It doesn't get out there into the ether. You feel me? Like if we just not like if I don't know. I'm just rambling, but I feel like I'm on mushrooms right now. I feel like <laughs> I understand I follow everything that you're saying, but it just Yeah. I don't it might just be the state of mind that I'm in when we happen to hit record, but I just feel like I feel yeah. like we're literally on mushrooms right now. Like, what are we fucking doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> we're you're well, literally we're, we're verbalizing thoughts that start from a mind that's just questioning everything. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I've literally just been like this is based as an example. Your daughter was just crying on camera or in the background a few minutes ago, right? Yeah. And we could hear her. I know that she's kind of been in one of those moods ever, basically ever since you and I started talking today, right? But yeah, I also understand that when a kid cries, they feel a certain type of way and they don't understand why they feel that way and they don't like it, so they start crying. And in reality... The parent, which is you in this case, might be yeah. just someone who's done that but has been doing it for 20-something years longer than them, which means that in reality, do you actually know the answers that she seeks to the reason why she feels about things? Maybe, maybe not, but all she needs is the reassurance that maybe someone knows more than me and I'm okay, you know? And I feel like when you come into adulthood, a lot of people, now that we're talking about it, maybe find religion because they realize that their parents hardly knew shit at that age. And yeah. now they're like, okay, I, I just need someone to assure me that all this shit that I'm going through, that I have no idea why I'm going through it, I need someone <laughs> to reassure me that it's going to be okay. So that's yeah. why we have religion, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a form of parenthood, right? It's a parental figure in a way for adults. So, if, if, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, if you want your child to find Jesus, ignore her. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good point. I mean, yeah, I just, you know, you got to try to analyze, right? What, what, what your kid wants because kids, they, they're not able to like, they're not able to display what they really feel inside there. It's called emotional maturity. And so, you know, you kind of have to decipher. And I think that's one of the hardest parts about being a parent really is 
trying to decipher kids, you know, especially at that age, three years old, four years old, you know, but, um, but yeah, if we take it to the next level, I mean, here we are, we're adults and we're still questioning shit. And yeah, man, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, one of the craziest, one of the dude, one of the craziest stories. Have you heard of the three body problem? No. What is this? This is a crazy, crazy, crazy story. Okay. Okay. So this was written in back in 2009. It was published. It's a Chinese book. Okay. And they're actually making a Netflix series about it. It looks phenomenal. Okay. So the three body problem is a crazy story that takes place during the Chinese uh, cultural revolution in the late 60s, right? And it's about this female astrophysicist. Her name is Ye Wenji. And she witnesses her father dying literally in front of her at the hands of a paramilitary group known as the Red Guards. The, the reason why her dad died was simply because he refused to denounce the theory of relativity. And he just wasn't conforming with their Marxist ideologists, ideologies. And so she sees him being beaten to death by the hands of the Red Guards, which that caused her to have a complete worldview shift. And basically, she develops like a deep resentment for humanity. Years later, right, she became involved in a secret government project. And the aim of this project was to essentially use radio waves to conduct deep space research and potentially establish communication with extraterrestrial civilization. So basically, SETI, you know about SETI? Yeah, I know about SETI. So turns out she's the one astrophysicist who successfully made contact with an advanced alien civilization from the planet Trisolaris. It's a planet that's basically situated in a tri-star system, right? So it's got three three suns, right? Real, real quick, and, just for context, is this this is based on is this a true story or, or a fake story? No, this is a fake okay. story, but it does have a lot of parallels with okay. what we're with what we're seeing today with disclosure and the UFO cover-up, right? Mm -hmm. And so Trisolaris, right? It's about four light years away from Earth in the book. This is completely fictional, but it's a really crazy, crazy book. And Lua Elizondo recently said that if you pay attention to what's going on today with disclosure and the movement and things that, you know, whatever whatever's unfolding behind the scenes right now, read Three-Body Three Problem. And so going back to the story, right? So she got word that this advanced civilization of aliens are apparently suffering from chaotic environmental environmental conditions in their planet, right? And so they decide to set course to invade Earth. And so what does Ye Wenji do? She keeps that shit a secret. And uh, because in her mind, humans suck. And so, you know, she thinks that this invasion would actually do humanity some good, right? So she's kind of in favor of them invading planet Earth because, you know, of her experience with her dad. In the story, it goes back to present day and the narrative essentially shifts uh, to a nanomaterials researcher by the name of Wang, right? He finds investigating the Trisolarans after he starts seeing some red flags in the military and in the scientific community. So 
he realizes that he's been in some kind of sabotage, which is essentially preventing us from advancing, including, you know, unexplained failures in, in experiments and research projects, right? He, he essentially suspected that there's a major cover-up with UFOs. And, you know, he started suspecting that there's crash retrieval programs and, and, and shit like that. And so out of nowhere, right, this dude Wang, he starts to see a countdown literally superimposed in his vision, right? So he was kind of being psychologically manipulated by an organization he later comes to find out is called the ETO, and they're called the Earth Trisolaris Organization, which is a secret clandestine group of humans that support the invasion of Earth by the Trisolarans. And essentially, the main goal of this group is to weaken Earth's defenses and prepare for an impending Trisolaran alien invasion, right? And so this group, they end up strategically coming up with a VR game called The Three Body. And it's essentially a game that's used as a propaganda tool to educate and win over Earth's smartest people and scientists to join the Trisolaran cause. And so when they put the VR headset on, they play as a Trisolaran to experience the civilization's struggles in their planet, you know, to survive and advance. And it's essentially a tool used to foster empathy for the Trisolarans. And so what's cool about the story is that, you know, there are many elements in the story that coincide with what's going on today. You know, you have our government telling us that UFOs are real. There are whistleblowers coming forth, crash retrieval programs, private aerospace companies having their own militaries, you know? So have we been told like low key that we're being invaded? And is that why there seems to be like a sudden push for disclosure? Mm. That's my question. Is you know? that the three and body so, problem? That's basically a synopsis of the three body problem. The, so it's the title a, is a three body problem. The title of the book. Yeah. Got it. It's a series. Yep. I'm mm -hmm. going to be honest. And I was listening to everything that you're saying, but when you asked me, have I heard about that three body problem? I thought you were about to hit me with a riddle. I swear to God, I thought it was, uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a riddle. I was so confused for the first half of that. I was like, okay, what's the three body problem? Well, if, I, if I'm being honest though, it is, it does. It seems like it has elements of a riddle. Like the book does contain elements of like a riddle. Um, not in the traditional sense of a riddle, but, I would say there's a lot of elements in there that are pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, if you really want to decipher, you know, what we would do in a situation like that, it's uh, there's a lot of elements in there in that story that it's really cool, man. It's really, really cool. I'm really stoked to see the the movie or the documentary or whatever they they're making. Yeah. But it looks the trailer looks really cool. Well, speaking um, of new movies, have you heard about James Fox working on a new one potentially called The Program? Yeah, The Program. What do you, yeah. what do you think it the looks... synopsis is of it? Because I know it's showing a lot of the more recent stuff like the congressional hearings yeah. and stuff. Is he talking about the crash retrieval program? I'm thinking that he's going to include crash retrieval programs. I'm also thinking that he's going to bring forth whistleblowers, uh, people that have never been seen before come to the limelight and essentially tell us some stuff that is new for sure. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And Oh no. It's, yeah. I'm stoked. I, do you think he'll reveal 
a lot more stuff about Roswell, maybe because I he said on someone like uh, Julian Dory's podcast. Have you heard of Julian Dory? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I've heard that. Yeah, on their episode, <laughs> that uh, he has like hours and hours of content uh, that has not been released, that has been cut from documentaries, that he just hasn't found the means to release it yet. And I wonder how much of that archived potentially juicy shit he'll release in this new movie. Cause I'll be honest, like the congressional stuff, if it's entirely about that, at least in my opinion, I feel like the story's been told unless he can give us a whole new angle or something that people like you and I have not been talking about on TikTok for months. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I would want to, I want more of the juicy stuff. So I, I mean, the way they're building it up, it seems like it could be potentially great. And I didn't realize that he basically edits his own films because I'm seeing a lot of like pictures of him in Premiere Pro editing this thing. And if that's the case, man, like I gotta give props to him to because, like, yeah. Well, what was the last one? Unacknowledged was that? That wasn't his, was it? No, that was Stephen. Yeah, no, no, no. The other one. There was another one. Um, a more recent one. Uh, the phenomenon. The phenomenon. The phenomenon. I'm telling you, was a masterpiece. The way it was edited. Yeah. I don't know if he edited it himself, but it was. Yeah. When I watched the phenomenon, let me just say this: I started editing my videos just based off of I like this story. How can I tell it in a way that I think looks dope? So that was my criteria. And slowly I've somewhat evolved a little bit of a style um, through me just teaching myself how to edit on my, on my mindfuck channel. And when I watched the phenomenon, maybe six months ago for again, it's been maybe a few years since I've seen it, but I watched it again Mm -hmm. now having started that mindfuck channel and I go, this editing, whoever edited this, is probably the pinnacle of the type of style that's very reminiscent of what my videos might look like, but just mm-hmm. better. So I got so much out of just watching that from an editing perspective that mm-hmm. if James Fox edited that shit and this next one is going to be edited just as same because I'll just tell you what, the best work I've ever done creatively usually comes in times where I feel pressured. And with him feeling all this pressure of not getting a bunch of fucking royalties from Moment of Contact, bro, if he edited that shit and he's about to pump out another fucking edit just like through the creative will of the universe, I this is about to be a banger of a movie and I can't wait. It is. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for it. Dude, he does everything from the ground up. Like, the the he i mean i think he has like a team with him that goes out and does uh, pre-production and shoots but editing he does all that but it takes him a while to edit he's a one-man you know editor i think in my in my from what i see so far i, don't, I could be wrong but well with the complexity of his edits i'm just telling you like it takes me a while to edit yeah. and i feel like how long the yeah the phenomenon is way better than what i would do naturally you know how long does it take you to edit one of your videos i mean like man that's a hard question to ask because it's kind of like murphy's law you know yeah uh if you give yourself a certain amount of time to do it you'll usually fill up that time and the way i've been trending lately is 
I realize I'm overly ambitious with my mentality of how soon I can get things done. And it's a, it's a huge flaw of mine, especially if I work for myself, you know? And so a lot of times I'll say, we're getting this done by Tuesday and it doesn't get done till fucking Saturday. You know, that might happen quite a bit, but, uh, I would say on average about a week and a half to two weeks, it might take me to edit. So for me, the the time consuming part is the, um, the research and the writing of the video. Um, but when it comes to the edit, depending on how much pressure I put on myself, I can, I can get something great out, um, really quickly. As an example, I told you the, when I first started trying to teach myself how to edit, I made a documentary and I just made what I knew I could try to make into a masterpiece just because the story was there. I just had to edit it together. That edit I edited for, um, 20 hours a day for seven days straight, taking a lot of Adderall and smoking a lot of weed and, uh, got that thing done in seven days. Um, and the, the, probably the next, actually the longest video with probably the most complex edit I've ever put together was arguably the Martin Luther King documentary I made last year, last summer. And that edit, the final products came out to like an hour and 16 minutes. When I, when I cut it all down for like the original, just like rough draft before I made a bunch of fine edits to it, it was like an hour and 45 minutes. And I'm like, am I trying to post a fucking feature length film documentary on YouTube? Absolutely not. So I challenged myself to cut it down to as close to an hour as possible. Um, and I got it down to an hour and 16 minutes. Um, and that edit, the first 45 minutes probably took me a month and a half to two months. And then the last 45 minutes, because I was like, I'm not going to spend fucking eight months on this thing. Uh, got done in two weeks in the last 45 minutes. Um, so it was like significantly less time. Maybe it was like less than half the time for the, for the second half of that, you know, and I just got into a flow state. So, yeah, I mean, with creative work, a lot of it does come down to having a routine designed to get you into flow states at the right time. Mm -hmm. You got to Mahomes that shit. Chiefs just won the Super Bowl and they were a team that has been building a dynasty for the last five, six years in the sense of, They've gone to now four of the last five Super Bowls and won three of them. And they've also been in the AFC championship game for every year for the last six years. This means nothing to you, but understand that this year in particular, the year that they just won back-to-back Super Bowls was their worst performing year. They were having a year where everybody said the magic is over. They might not even make the playoffs. Their receivers can't catch. Mahomes is turning the ball over. They don't have a lot going for them. Their defense is carrying the team. Then they go into the playoffs. And I'm telling you, Christian, from someone who doesn't watch football, it's a tragedy because this was the most historic playoff run ever by any team, at least in my lifetime, because this was a team that was not supposed to win. 
when everybody hated them because they've been winning every year. And mm. they go into the playoffs and they have to play in the first round in negative 30 degrees, the number one offense, passing offense in the league. They beat the Miami Dolphins because they came to Kansas City. It was negative 30 degrees. They wanted to get back to Miami as quick as possible. Then mm. the next week, they go on the road. The first ever road playoff game that Mahomes has ever played in because every year they're good enough to always have home games for the playoffs. So this year, they go to the Buffalo Bills, who they had just lost to in the regular season, who had been on a run as probably the most electric team in the NFL for the last six games of the season, fueled by their win over the Chiefs. Now they have to play them in Buffalo against Buffalo Bills, who have all the momentum riding for them, and they beat them in Buffalo Patrick Mahomes' first road game in a year that they were not even supposed to make it to the AFC Championship to play the Baltimore Ravens, who had been coming off a bye week, who had been (laughs) – I'm sorry, I'm going on this long rant about football. You don't even (laughs) watch football. But the Ravens had just – Lamar Jackson won the MVP. They were the clear favorite to win the Super Bowl all year. And now the Chiefs have to go into Baltimore – in a year that they are off, in a year that seemingly the only good games they've played have been the last two games, which have been the playoff games that they've won. And guess what? They go in there, they beat Baltimore, they make it to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, if you weren't watching the Super Bowl, you were potentially the only one because it did break records for the most watched televised event in history over 120 million people and it beat out the moon landing as the most viewed tell so it got that record over it and Mahomes led them to an overtime walk-off touchdown win in the year that they were not supposed to win the Super Bowl in the year where if anybody was going to beat them it had to be this year or, or it was not going to happen and now next year mm. they're just going they're coming out for blood they're going to three-peat, and they're going to be the first team to in, in the NFL to ever three-peat. I'm sorry I went on that big rant about football. You don't watch football, but I had to get it off my chest. No, I, I know the moral of the story, though. Yeah. Yeah. You missed out on the, probably yeah. the greatest playoff run I've ever seen. Damn. It was a movie, bro. Every game was so gritty and cinematic, and the story of the Chiefs just happening to figure it out right in time. And just mm. going and winning in the Super Bowl on a walk-off touchdown in overtime. Like, what the mm. hell? This is a movie. This is Remember the Titans. Damn. I have a feeling they have, like, I don't know. I don't know. You think it's it's planned? Well. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't think it is, but I can see where people That's might think it is potentially <laughs> rigged. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, fun fact, I used to think WWE was real up until like I was like 14. You know, I used to think it was real too. And Really? Yeah. I mean, people would say it was fake, but I mean, people clearly got yeah. hurt. They still do get hurt yeah. doing it. I mean, it's like definitely a physical sport, you know? That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, there's no way these people are getting like really beat up. Yeah. And so, yeah. I used to play the yeah, video man. game um, where you could wrestle Me with too. The wrestlers. Yep. 
Yeah, me too. Uh, WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2007. I'm that thinking more OG of like right the 90s there. where I had like Bret Hart, uh, you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. On Nintendo. Or like a PS1. Sega yeah, I Genesis, that. I think, is what I had. Yeah. You remember the Dreamcast? Yeah, I do. I never yeah. had one, but I always wanted one. I I did like the Dreamcast. I yeah. I got the GameCube. Um yep. I have the Xbox right now. I've never been into a PlayStation, really. I'm more of an Xbox type yeah. of dude. I don't know why. I think it's because I liked Halo. Halo was like the dopest game in the yeah. new era of video games that I'd ever played. And so much so that the other day I got all the Halos on Xbox for ten dollars. Yeah, it was ten dollars yeah. for all of them. The so Master Chief collection. Them. Yeah, how'd yeah. you know? Yeah, cause I I ran through each and every one of them. I did like okay. a speed run. Yeah, I did all of them, and then uh, I still have yet to finish the newest one, Halo Infinite. But gaming, you could get lost in it, man. But how dare you, bro? You never played PlayStation at all. I played it. I don't. I think I had a PS One by the time PS Ones were oh, okay. no longer cool. I think I briefly had a PS Two, but it was. It might have been like a friend gave me their old one, and it mm. rarely worked. Um, yeah. And just the majority of the games I owned were Sega Genesis, Nintendo sixty four, and Xbox. Um, and I also mm. had gamecube for a while but i'm thinking about getting another nintendo soon like a nintendo switch or something because i've been really wanting to play mario party yeah mario party's lit i would wait for the second switch to come out okay the second one's coming out soon yeah it's gonna be like way more hd and shit but what i would i mean playstation's where it's at man you're missing out on like some big games bro like what? you're missing out on uncharted right you're uncharted? missing out on uncharted okay yeah you're missing out on The Last of Us. You okay. ever played Last of Us? No, but I've seen. You're the missing show. out. Yeah, yeah. You're missing out on um, on a lot of good games. God of War. You ever played God of War? Uh, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Is that the one with God the of chainsaw? War. God of War. Yeah. Uh, no, Gears he, he does have chains though. War. Gears of War. Yeah, that's for Xbox. Yeah. 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 God of War is more like he does have chains. It's a really cool story. It's about this dude. Who lived in Sparta? He was a Spartan, right? He was a Spartan warrior, and his wife and his daughter were uh, something happened where like his village was attacked and shit, and uh, out of nowhere, you know, he was mistakenly led to the village where his wife and daughter were at, and he killed them. He killed them, and. Uh, the god of war, Ares, decided to kind of like uh, curse him. And so they burned his, I don't know. So it was like a really crazy and intricate story. And so essentially what he does is Ares betrayed him. And so he asks um, for powers and shit. And so he becomes the god of war himself. Uh, he kills Ares and then he goes on like this, 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 uh, this like manhunt to kill all the gods. And so the game is just essentially you trying to kill, uh, you know, Helios trying to kill, uh, uh, Ares trying to kill Zeus trying to kill all the gods of Olympus. And so it's really, really cool. Yeah. Such mm. a good, a good game. 
Yeah, wait till they remake it, and then maybe you could you could play it because they're they're planning on remaking it. But it's such a good game series, very creative. It's um, hard for me to get into games, which is like even me getting Halo yeah. recently has been a big step for me because, um, yeah, even though I played games as a kid, I think <clears throat> I w- I'm more of an extroverted person to where. I get really just like bored with shit if it's just me sitting inside. I think a lot of that had to do with being an only child. Um, so yeah, like I just really struggled with getting really bored of playing a video game by myself for longer than maybe 30 minutes, you know? And so I, I actually kind of enjoy watching my friends play video games in front of me more than I enjoy playing them. Sometimes, uh, the only game that I play is, uh, Madden. And that's about it. I could play Madden <laughs> nonstop. And that's why I say like some of my funnest memories playing video games as a kid were like Mario Party. Like I could play Mario Party against my friends for hours, bro. Um, yeah. And that would get like super competitive. That's like a board game. Uh, yeah. 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 Mario Party's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I grew up fixed to a, a TV, man. If I'm being honest, like I wasn't a single child, like an only child, um, you know. And so growing up, you know, when I had too much time on my hands to play with my, you know, my brother, you know, we would spend I would spend hours fixed to a TV playing video games. Like I was, I I'd say I was more introverted growing up than 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 an extrovert. And yeah, the majority of my time would be spent playing video games. I don't know what that did to my brain, but <laughs> I'm sure it had some like long-term effects for sure. Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, I would just spend hours and hours just playing and di- getting into the story and just like becoming lost in the plot. Uh, and then I would ignore homework because I just want to come home and sit in front of my TV and finish that level, mm. you know, in that game. And so, see, we were the opposite. I I would be at school just like dreaming about getting home and riding my bicycle. You wanted to play video (laughs) games. I struggle, man. I can't. I get too bored too quickly. Even like playing Halo. Yeah, I can see that. I've I've been averaging maybe like half a level a day since I got it a few days ago. Um, and it's just because like when I go to bed, I'm trying to figure out ways to like kind of turn my brain off from work mode so that's where i play like yeah. a little bit shoot some aliens and you know what i think i'm actually way better at shooting games today than i was in high school like pro- that was like part mm. of the reason i couldn't get into the shooting games is because i was just okay but i was never that good um i feel like i'm more fearless now because like i'm high and i just don't <laughs> give a shit like there's like it matters less to me if i die than it did back then yeah. So I'll just run in yeah. guns a blazing. I'm like, dang, oh, I'm actually pretty good at killing these aliens. Yeah. It is fun. It is fun. Um, and like you do get better with age, I think, also. Like, cause when I was a kid, I'd be playing these shooters and I'd be like, yo, why am I so trash at this? <laughs> and then like growing up, like, you know, I started getting a little bit better. And then like mm. I still game. I mean, every time any chance that I could get, I game. But literally it's been hard, you know, being a dad and working all the time but yeah man i love to get lost in these games man it's the plots are becoming so complex like with games and now graphics have you seen the graphics of these video games that are coming out today like uh they look real bro i mean even halo like man at a certain point i don't want them to be so like 
so so real like i want to yeah. feel like i'm playing a video game like i've been playing halo one and i'm sure the graphics are nowhere near as good as like the last halo or whatever no but no. it's good enough for me yeah. to enjoy it and also just feel yeah. like i'm playing a dope video game it's not like it's not so bad yeah. where i feel like i'm playing a fucking arcade game like one of those 1980s right. arcade machines you know yeah you're more of like a classic gamer rather than like more of like an enthusiast like yo like let me immerse myself in this for a whole day yeah <laughs> for like a week I yeah. could do that with Pokemon. Like when I was in college, I downloaded uh, Pokemon Yellow and just played it nonstop for like a week. And then I realized I wasted so much time that week. <laughs> and then I stopped playing Pokemon Yellow. Uh, yeah. 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 But as a it's kid, fun. like I couldn't play those like like Zelda. I could never get into because it's just wandering around and doing shit. Or like even that Mario game that was on N64 where you're just walking around a castle the whole time and going into random rooms. Mm. I just couldn't like getting immersed in a world is not like I want to I want to have a level of skill and I want to kick ass, you know, and so the, the right. skill could come from beating a level like one, one of those old school like Game Boy games where the only objective is to go from left to right and then get to the mm. to the end. Uh those games or like Madden is like just truly a, a, a game of skill, you know? And so right. I like games like that. Yeah. 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 You would like, um, I feel like you would, you would like RPG games if you ever played them. RPG yeah. does take some skill. Yeah. yeah. Video games are fun, man. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm living in one. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the body of three or the three body problem. The three body problem. I mean, we are in the grand scheme of things. If there really are other civilizations out there that have penetrated past the far reaches of space, we with with technology that is incomprehensible. I mean, we really are lower intelligence in the grand scheme of things. We're still a type zero civilization. So in reality, like it could be that we're probably, you know, animals in a zoo. Yeah. Or we could be just natural evolution at a pivotal point in technology. Um, I feel like depending on the day I go back and forth on what I personally believe. Um, and I think as of late, my viewpoint is that the universe is infinite and life is rare, but because of the infinite uh, existence of the universe, life is everywhere while also being rare. And I'll be honest, I have thought a lot about like, okay, if life is rare, but it is also throughout the universe, you follow me so far? Mm-hmm. I feel as though life was programmed into the universe. It is a, it is just as natural to the universe as it is black holes. So hmm. because of that life, therefore then has purpose. And that leads yeah. me to wonder the fuck is that purpose?
I do think there is purpose for sure. What I like about, you know, the fact that we're made up of the same thing that planets are made up of, which is stardust in a way, that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. You know? Because it makes me feel important, right? Because we find ourselves in situations where like, and I don't know about you, I don't know if this is you, but I find myself in situations where I'm thinking to myself like, damn, like we really do mean nothing. We're a speck in this, in the grand scheme of things. But then again, I'm like, we're important, man. We're important. We're important. We're important. We're here for a reason. We occupy the fabric of space and time. That alone is significant. We're literally part of history, if you really think about it. Yeah. We existed, bro. Yeah, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, so get this. I had a thought similar to this one of the last times I was on mushrooms. It was a couple of years ago on Christmas Eve. I remember I took mushrooms and um, I was laying in my bed and I was thinking about like the purpose of life and stuff. And I had this visual that was kind of like an analogy to help describe the experience of life and maybe the purpose of it. And you saying that kind of brought back that memory of that visual and it was basically like if you're boiling a pot of water and eventually the water gets hot enough to where bubbles start forming and popping out, right? I felt as though, follow me on this, if we were just in a massive like soup of material and every now and then a little bubble pops out, And that little bubble that momentarily pops out of this fucking soup of material is just consciousness. And for the moment that that bubble exists, just a split second, that that bubble exists, the bubble goes, I existed. (laughs) (laughs) And then it pops and it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) But like, watch, watch it be like in, in like, in like, the grand scheme of things, watch it really be that. We quantify time based on the on our star system, right? Or you know, where we are on Earth. Yep. But like time itself, if you look at it from a universal perspective, like from a fourth dimensional perspective. It's all in the eye of it the could observer. Be, right, exactly. Exactly. So like in a way, a whole lifetime of a universe could be the snap of a finger. Yeah. Right? Time works differently depending on the gravitational field around it in the continuum of time and space. And that's like the trippiest thing because gravity throughout in deep space, I mean, the effect of gravity on you is a lot weaker than it is when you're close to Earth. So like mass and gravity has an effect on time. But the thing Hmm. is, while we're living time, it just goes one second. It never shifts for you. 
it's just this per- perspective of where you're observing right. it from, you know, and that's fucking crazy, you know, and and then we got to think about like exactly what we've been talking about is just consciousness exists, life exists. It's not even if it is random throughout the universe. And especially if it's not random, we're the only ones, but I think it is random and it's throughout. But no matter what, what does that mean? That means that life is here for a reason, whether we're by ourselves or it's throughout. And that is the trippiest thing because for life, I believe there needs to be consciousness. I think by the medical definition, there's like criteria for life. And one of them is like reacts to its environment uh, in, in the effort for better chances of survival. I think that's a criteria of life. If you like study it in anatomy and physiology. Um, right. But I think on like what comes along with life is consciousness. And, you know, people think that humans are the only conscious things. I think if you have ever owned a dog, then you'll realize that dogs are very conscious themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's where, you know, again, we, I feel like we got so deep on the last podcast and I feel like we're verging on deep here today, but it just makes me really start to wonder like the purpose of consciousness. Why? And like, why is it here? And I, I think kind of the realization that I came to when I was on mushrooms, which is kind of what I echoed either last episode or the episode before, which is where does that consciousness come from? It, it could potentially come from this, the same source. What do you think about DARPA? What is DARPA? DARPA is a government agency. What does DARPA do? Is this a pop quiz? <laughs> is that, are you quizzing me right now? What do I think of DARPA, the government agency? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. it is it how is it related to UFOs? Is it related to UFOs? I'm assuming it is. No, I don't think so. Okay. So I don't know if it's DARPA or HARP. I think I'm. T- I think I was thinking about HARP. So there's a, a, a there's a an organization within the government that they allegedly manipulate the weather. Have you heard about them? Oh, like chemtrails and stuff. Not chemtrails. I mean, I think that they're part of that, but um. Harp is essentially they manipulate like hurricanes, like they're able to manipulate the direction of which hurricanes go into. Mm. Um, they're able to affect, uh, they're able to create earthquakes, tsunamis, natural disasters, volcano, volcanic eruptions. I mean, that's the theory. Do you think that there's a government entity that, or like a scientific secret government? branch or military branch or secret secret part of the government that manipulates gravity not gravity manipulates the weather hmm i bet there's definitely organizations out there that research and probably experiment with trying to do stuff like that i mean i would not doubt that for a second do i think that they've gotten it to the point where it's like that Disney Channel original movie where they had the little machine and they could make it a snow day whenever they wanted. And then they accidentally <laughs> turn it into a blizzard in town. You know, um, I don't know if it's to that level, but 
you know, I would say that it's an interesting theory, just like the flat earth theory is interesting. Um, also like the, the whole theory around why the homes that belonged to celebrities that painted their homes, their roofs blue in Maui didn't burn. I think oh, the conspiracies around crazy. that are pretty Yo, I heard about that. I heard about that, dude. That's a crazy one. What do you think about that? That just doesn't make any sense. I mean, to me, are man. we even allowed like, to talk about it on YouTube? Why not? Why wouldn't we be? I don't know. Maybe they don't want the truth getting out. Well, too bad. <laughs> I mean, it's free speech, bro. Um, yeah, but like seriously, what what was that about? I mean, for some yeah. reason. The Maui fire ha happened, and then there were a whole bunch of like blue tarps, blue things, blue cars, yeah. blue shoes, blue backpacks that did not get burnt at all for some reason. So, was there some kind of and people were talking energy of, weapon? Yeah, is did people say that they saw an energy we weapon, or was that just a theory on Reddit or something? No, I saw a whole video on it, and there were things that were not burnt. And there was a Simpson episode where it literally tells the same story. Where the town burns except for the celebrities' homes that are painted blue? I don't know if it was the celebrities' homes, but there were a whole bunch of blue things that did not burn in that Simps uh, in the Simpsons episode. How? Really strange. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, especially with the Simpsons episode of the Apple Vision Pro or whatever – how recent are these episodes? Are these episodes like 30 years old or are they coming out like two years ago? I haven't seen any of them, but they look more animated, like more detailed. So I'm assuming that they're a little bit newer. newer. Yeah, yeah. It would be strange if they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Like if they were from the nineties, that would be really strange to me. If it was more recent then maybe they could just like follow the line of like where the news might go with this eventually. I don't know. Right. But I yeah, I haven't seen that episode of the I don't watch The Simpsons, but I haven't seen that video about that. I mean, that's pretty crazy to me. I I don't know what to think about it. Probably because I haven't gone down the rabbit hole with it or down the black hole. But um mm -hmm. with this one again, you know, I guess that's kind of the point I was indirectly getting at, which is it's interesting. And once I kind of think that, I go let me just not think about it anymore. And I kind of move on to the next one. Like, I don't know what do, cause I think the implication uh, is it of it is if I believe that, then what am I really saying here? You know, I think that's probably mm -hmm. a scary thought that I don't, maybe I want to avoid. Like, am I claiming that the rock and Oprah were spared by some fucking government agency? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, <laughs> what government agency would be looking out for the rock like that? You know, yeah. is it the Illuminati? Wait, what or does the rock and Oprah have to do with it, though? Because their homes were in Maui and they their homes didn't burn oh. down, right? And then they like oh. did like, oh, we're going to raise money. And they donated like 30,000 or some bullshit fucking number. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So it's interesting, but am I really going to go down that to the implications of that? You know, and I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think that probably to me sounds as interesting as Joe Biden taking off his face mask and having a reptilian face and drinking adrenochrome from fucking dead babies. Okay. I think that's interesting. <laughs> but am I going to start going out and accusing the uh, president of being reptilian? You know what? Maybe we should start doing that. You know what? I do think that Joe Biden is a reptilian, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Okay. Tell I me think more. The, why? So I've seen in, images on the internet of Joe Biden, right? Where yeah. he's like kind of has like a little fold right here yeah. underneath his ear. Uh-huh. You saw that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he has like a little fold here. So I'm assuming that he could probably just like, you know, Bro, take off his mask. Your face and- kind of looks like you can peel it off really <laughs> easily. The way you were pulling your skin there, <laughs> no, listen, you got man. me a little skeptical of you now. Listen, listen, <laughs> <laughs> that's my secret, bro. All right. Don't tell anyone. I I'll have probably, seen the I'll ones of his, his earlobes going from attached to now detached. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's another thing, right? Because if you look at the old pictures of Joe Biden, he had he had detached earlobes, right? Yeah. But is it no? He, he had a, is there attached, a, and now they're detached. Had, is there a surgery that can detach your ears? I'm sure there is. It's probably just like a little people. Right? Well, people are saying that who gets that? Uh, like age, like his skin gets really wrinkly and things get droopy. So maybe his earlobes are drooping, his face is kind of drooping, and then if they start to start doing like some facelift shit, it could probably make them look. Nah, bro, something's off. Yeah. Something's off with that dude. There's no way in hell. Like if you were to tell me like ten years, no, like five years ago, like yo, your president, he's not even gonna be able to walk, bro. I'd be like, I mean. He can't even put a coherent sentence together, dude. Like, how is how is someone like that running our country? You feel me? And this could get political, but like, I mean, it is know, an election neither- year, so these are relevant conversations to have. You know, it's funny. It it's is the last road. time I had a podcast, I it was an election year because I remember I made a I had an episode where I was just kind of like making fun of how old Joe Biden was the whole time. Uh, man, every four years, and it's a leap year. So, you know, things are really huh. coming full circle here. Mm. Is it weird that a leap year also happens to fall in the same year as election years? Is that done on purpose? What's the conspiracy? What's the significance that? of a leap year? Maybe. Yeah. What's, I mean, what's the significance? Maybe cosmologically, we're like going through some fucking polarity shift in the astrology mm. of the cosmos. We're going through a black hole. That yeah, that could be that could very well be it. I saw a video today of Bill Gates doing an interview in the in the eighties. First off, real quick, before I get to the Bill Gates video, it's probably from around the same time that Joe Biden when is was in his thirties as a politician. I saw a video the other day of Joe Biden at thirty just in Congress, just like fucking just like slapping bitches around like well i'll say this and blah 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 he's like fucking making points like being coherent and actually like on top of the ball i'm like dang this guy's got he's got a little bit of charisma but even at the even at the age of 30 he looks like an old man (laughs) i just gotta say that he's like here's 30 year old joe biden man had a fucking comb over because he was half bald but 
Um, you ever met people like that? People that have been old your whole life, like Morgan Freeman? That dude's bro. been old my whole life. Yeah. 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 At one point, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Joe Biden could, you know, he could he could really fuck shit up if he wanted to, but well, speaking of the, case now. the video of Bill Gates, this video from probably the 80s, this reporter I almost called her a bitch, but it was like in an endearing term, like this bitch asked him, "Is it true that you can jump over a desk chair?" And he goes, "Oh yeah," and. He's like, I'm going to get a head start on this one. So maybe I'm cheating. And he takes like two steps and like barely clears the desk chair. And he just like does this little fucking knee tuck over as he hops over this fucking desk chair. <laughs> like, and the girl goes, yeah, just like that. And I'm thinking to myself, is that clickbait in 1980? He's like, we got the clip. Bill Gates jumping over the desk chair. And he clears it by a couple millimeters, I swear. Like, I was thinking to myself, if we were in an alternate universe where Patrick Mahomes was just a mediocre quarterback on the San Francisco 49ers, Bill Gates wipes out there on live TV in the 1980s. If there are many, many, if there's infinite amount of universes, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, there's definitely a, another universe where he isn't a vegan either and isn't trying to fucking end the world. But, <laughs> but is he trying to yeah. end the world? Didn't he cure malaria with AI Dude, or something a few uh, years back? I'm pretty sure he did contribute to that. But at the same time, this guy is not good, bro. He does not have... He does not have your best interest did in you get mind the jab? at all. Bill Gates. I got the jab. I hate to admit it. I did it. not. My girlfriend made me get the jab because her, her family gaslighted her into ex. They basically made her feel like she'd be excommunicado from the family if she didn't get wow. the jab. And so John Wick style. Yep. And so she forced yeah. me to get it with her and I did. And I hate it. How'd you feel afterwards? The next day, I um, basically felt really foggy, like like brain fog, and like uh, lightheaded, like a little hungover or something from like if you've been yeah. drinking. But then I worked out and felt fine. But my girlfriend, uh, now fiance, was uh, when she she basically was like puking her brains out for a day. I I think what? the Chiefs powered were powered by the devil. Um, and I think it's related to Bill Gates because Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift, a uh, potential member of the Illuminati, if you believe in celebrities being the, in the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. She is at the top of the game. And people also think she looks like some vampire chick from like 150 years ago. Have you heard about this? Like they are identical. Yeah, Taylor Swift. They think that she's actually the same woman who hasn't aged. And this is this is real. You know? And this chick was like a vampire cult leader who drank blood. So Travis Kelsey's now dating her. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl through some random miracle. Could have been the work of the devil um, scaring the but Jesus out of the other teams from scoring more points than them somehow. And the whole time he's being sponsored by Pfizer and the whole commercial is 
two things at once. You can get a flu shot and you can get the jab at the same time. Your booster, no way. You get both of them at the same time. And that guy <laughs> is now dating Taylor Swift and wins the Super Bowl somehow. Did Travis Kelsey just join the Illuminati? That's what I would like to know. What color is that man's roof? <laughs> it feels like uh, these boosters and all these little knickknacks and extras feels like just like little little revenue boosters for those big corporations, if you know what I mean. So you think that's just you think that's basically it's just game, water. Bro. It's just water. Salt. Water. I don't think it's water. No, I don't think it's water. I think that it's actually some shit. Like bad shit. Like bad shit. I think that is bad shit. In my, that's just that's just my opinion, right? And have you seen the Amazon Prime show that came out right before about a scene? No, bro. This show on Amazon is actually really good. Like Amazon Prime has some banger shows, but I'm pretty sure it got yeah, released right before COVID happened. And the plot of it is basically the conspiracy of what people think about those things. and the you know the throughout the show they're trying to now locate these warehouses of all these new things they got to destroy them all because it's actually going to depopulate the earth through making people infertile um and well let's talk about infertility a little bit okay because that's that's a rabbit hole i want i've been wanting to go down speaking right? of can i leak the dragon before we get into talking about it Leak the dragon. Okay. You Have you ever met anybody it. who works for a tobacco company or a pharmaceutical company? Mm, yes, I have. Really? Yeah, somebody who would sell pharmaceuticals. To me, I've never met anybody who works for a tobacco company or a pharmaceutical company that like people hate. And like I've worked, I, I've seen met pharmaceutical reps, but not like these people who actually make the drugs. Maybe I'm just not right. in the place, but it's like, to me, it was like, is that just like a corner of society that most people just ignore or like people don't admit being in? It's kind of like that um, one theory. It's like, why, why is it that we all take buses and cars, but buses when you're inside have way more room right to left? People think it's like a Mandela effect type type of thing. And then why is it that mm. you like most people like is it people think it's evidence that we live in a simulation because for the majority of people, you've never seen your neighbors bringing in their groceries, have you? I have. Okay. In that case, I have. We that's proof we're not in a simulation, at least with that theory, because the other day yeah. my neighbors saw me bringing in my groceries, but I could argue that those are NPCs. Because I, I don't think I've seen my neighbors bring in their groceries. Hmm. But you have. I have. No, I, I've, I have seen them. Yeah, I have seen them. I think that the Mandela effect is just a byproduct of us not paying attention to shit. Yeah. It, I mean, and we did talk about this before, but. I love Mandela effects, and I think you could I always do. have a good Mandela effect conversation. Yeah. You know the Fruit of the Loom cornucopia uh, Mandela effect? No. What? Which one is that? Yeah. So apparently the Fruit of the Loom, which is like the uh, the underwear company. Why do you say it like that? What? You say it like kind of like with a British accent. You're like, Fruit of the Loom. <laughs> 
don't know. It's probably my Spanish accent. Oh yeah. It's translated. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that the, you're Spanish. Yeah. Soy cubano. Cubano. But, yeah. I don't cubano. Si señor. From Miami. Entonces, from Miami. Entonces, that what I was going to say, right? Was, yep. Okay. Yep. My, my Spanish got, teacher who actually hated me in retrospect, I learned that she hated my guts, but that was only because I substitute taught for her class. Cause I went back and became a substitute teacher at my high school after I graduated from college. Um, while I was still young looking and had braces and hmm. this, this girl, um, her class basically rioted to have me as their full-time teacher, <laughs> which was outside of my control. I didn't ask them to do that, but she <laughs> hated me before that. And she really hated me after that. But it was because when I was in her class, she would catch me cheating on the quizzes. And all I remember this bitch saying was, Hola, clase. Siéntate. Prueba mañana. Every day. It was the same shit. <laughs> that means quiz tomorrow, right? Yep, yep, Just yep. Fucking another quiz. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't know you were a substitute teacher. But um, what I was – dude, so Fruit of the Loom, they had – growing up, you don't remember seeing like a little uh, – is that how you pronounce it? Cornucopia? Oh, like the thing with the fruit in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the little basket thing in the back. To me, cornucopia means a lot, like a lot of variety and a lot of something. Right. You know, like me on the basketball court, I've got a cornucopia of ways to score on you. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But in this case, it was like a little basket. Yeah. And do you remember seeing a basket in the logo? Because mm -hmm. you do? Yeah. Is there not a basket? Yeah. There was never a basket. Not in your universe. <laughs> are you from the one though? Are you from the universe where was the Burns Bernstein Bears or the Bernstein Bears? I never heard of either. What? Yeah. You've never heard of the Bernstein Bears? Never. Heard, what is that? Have you heard of Clifford the Big Red Dog? Yes. Okay. How and he was red. Okay. He was red. Okay. And big. And big. But you've never heard of the Bernstein Bears? No. Okay, Google never it right now. <laughs> the Bernstein Bears. Bernstein Bears. Yeah, you've never heard of that? Have you heard of the Bernst nope. Bernstein Bears? Nope. Okay. Bernstein Bears? Yeah. Is it Bernstein or Bernstein? Well, that's the Mandela effect because in the 90s, everybody said Bernstein. Uh, I see. But in 2024, it's Bernstein. And Baron every book says A-I-N instead of E-I-N. And that, mm. to me, has always been the biggest Mandela effect. That's fucking crazy. It feels like the Mandela effect is just a collective... Bro, I'm a, I'm a victim of the original Mandela effect. Are you? Did I tell you this what? the last time we talked about nah. it? Nah. It's called the Mandela effect because of Nelson Mandela. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. We did talk about, yeah, Nelson Mandela. But what does Nelson Mandela have to do with the Mandela effect? So get this. I told you I did just enough in high school to get a B, right? Every class. Okay. All four years. 
When I was a senior in high school, it was 2008 is when I graduated high school. Okay. I was in senior class, which was, uh, it was a government class. The only seniors took government, right? It also happened to be an election year and one particular day. And I remember this because I had a 30 minute break. Uh, they called it seminar. Um, that was in the middle mm -hmm. of our day where you could just catch up on homework or reading. And so I had that in the same room as government and we had this assignment due or this test or whatever in government class while I was a senior that I had basically 30 minutes to study for, which was this, this little seminar break right before the class started. Right. But I was sitting in the same room. So anyways, I'm reading the government book and I specifically remember Nelson Mandela died in prison in 1993 or 1994. I read this fucking sentence in 2008. I'm pretty sure did too. Okay. So fucking 2012 comes around. Ironically, probably the same year that they fired up the CERN Hadron Collider, but that's maybe unrelated. Maybe related. Okay. And Nelson Mandela comes on the news and dies. They announced Yo, hold on. Nelson Mandela hold died. Hold up. What do you mean? You don't know about I, this? Dude, I thought he was dead. Nelson Mandela died in 2012, an old man, a South African hero. He got out of prison alive and died in 2012, dead, an old bro. man. I thought this dude was dead. I'm pretty sure I read something, too, that he died like long time ago, like in the 90s, right? In prison. In prison? Yeah. No, he died in 2012 was, as an old man who got out of prison and saved South Africa, basically. <laughs> Where did I read that? I know I read that somewhere, like in a history book or something. This is tripping me out, dude. Yeah. That's the original Mandela effect. You're a victim of the original Mandela effect as well. And I am too. Now the Berenstein Bears is the only other one that I'm like absolutely it was Berenstein. So you're you, you think that it was Berenstein, not Baron Berenstein, Bernstein. Yeah, because that's what they said every time the the teacher brought out the book and referred to the book. Everybody knew about the Berenstein Bears. We would even shorten it and call them the Bernstein Bears, but it's Berenstein. There are videos that I'm pretty sure are fake that you can find on the internet of a guy going, look, I found a glitch in the Matrix. Hold on. And this motherfucker will take this book and he'll go, look, when I'm in this room, it says stain. When I move it into this room... It changes to an E and says Steen. And they're like, oh my God, it's proof that the Mandela effect's real. And that room is the only room in all of the universe that's not affected by the Mandela effect of the Berenstein Bears. But yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that one gets me. Yeah, I, I, never, I never heard of the Berenstein Bears, like period. Ever, 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 ever. Uh, which kind of trips me out. Because if it's that popular, I mean, I used to watch like cartoons all the time. I used to watch Ed, Ed and Eddie. You remember, um, 
yeah. fairly odd parents. Oh yeah. Remember Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh yeah. Uh you know, Ben Ten, even then. Uh Static Shock was dope. Static Shock. You know, there was all these all these but I don't remember Berenstein Bears. It was a book. It was a children's book. Oh, it was a book. Yeah. Even then I never heard of it. That's interesting. That is really Berenstein Bears. Have you heard of Franklin? Yeah. That rings a bell. I think he was a turtle, Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Franklin the turtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I never I never I never heard of him. Um I've heard of um Caillou. Remember that bald kid? Caillou. He was one of them. Um Now you're more of a cartoon yeah. network kid, huh? I was more of a cartoon network. I was more into uh, Nickelodeon and Disney. Yeah, Disney was cool. Yeah, I fuck with Disney. Nickelodeon though, they lost me because like they they stopped putting out fire content like in the mid two thousands. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I like the show Victorious like, that had Ariana Grande and Victoria Justice. I never watched that one. No. Um, but With Disney. No, that was Nickelodeon. But I did like like the Angry Beavers and Doug, uh, and Cat Dog. Cat Dog was cool. Yeah, <laughs> Cat Dog was cool. Yeah, they were like uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, I was a huge Doug fan. I used to identify basically as Doug as a kid. I said that to um, a professor of mine in college, which was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, my freshman year. I said, yeah, when I was a kid, it was really fat and awkward. And I identified, like, when I would watch Doug, I would go, like, Doug is basically my life. Like, I am Doug, you know, and I have a big nose, too. And then she goes, really? You remind me more of Skeeter. And it just really made me question everything in my life. What what who's Skeeter for people that don't know? What is what was so Skeeter was, was so different about Skeeter was his best friend who was just like this tall, lanky guy who had blue skin and he was just kind of like mm. I don't know, skinny and less awkward. Yeah. You know. Probably cool yeah. arguably cooler than Doug. And it was cooler just like- but when I was in college I had lost all the like I had I was no longer obese. I was a lot more athletic in college, so I could see where she would get that. But that's just a testament to how far I'd come since I was a kid. Yeah. They used to put me to watch freaking – I took a class in high school called History of the Holocaust. And that – imagine waking up every single day of your high school life for senior year, for example. You wake up every single day. You walk to class and it's a whole fucking lesson about the Holocaust. Watching nothing but death. Watching nothing but suffering. Bro. Watching nothing but torturing. Every single fucking morning. That's the public school system for, for a you. Semester? Documentaries for a whole two semesters. A whole school year. A whole school year. Watching the same Did you exact go to thing like over. a German school or like a Jewish school? No, I went to a public school. Yeah, that's really weird. I feel like that's not normal. History of yeah, Holocaust. I think, I think I think they were breaking the rules there to some capacity. 
with the school board or some shit. Cause dude, honestly, I would sit there like in class and see people being fucking tortured every day. Like, yeah. and I thought that that was normal. Like I'm, Oh, I'm learning something. Fuck no, dude. I was fucking suffering, dude. Watching that shit every single, every single morning. And so, so it did teach me a thing or two about, you know, how bad that shit was at the time. Would you rather have a high school that makes sure you can't deny the Holocaust existed or go to a fucking Ivy League school where the fucking heads of the school won't admit that calling for genocide of Jews is bad and against bullying policy? I I would I sit right in the middle because... Uh, I mean, who would want to watch watch that every morning, like every single day, uh, Monday through Friday? But at the same time, you don't want to raise a kid not knowing what really happens out there in the real world, which, you know, that could cause a lot of issues later on in life, right? And so, well, yeah. I'm kind of, so you're saying kind of that you think that the the girls, the ladies at the Ivy League schools were doing that to help the other kids grow thicker skin? No, what do you mean by that? Maybe I misheard you. I thought I thought you were saying that. Yeah, so like what I meant was like I sit right in the middle in terms of like exposure to that kind of stuff, that kind of material to humble someone, but – if you're sending someone to an Ivy League school where they're not learning any of that, yeah, and they're they're being you know pampered in every direction possible with the real world, yeah, you know, it, yeah. I mean, here's, I said right. I definitely yeah. see where you're coming from, and I do see both. Now that you say it like that, as very extremes yeah. of the opposite end, but I will say this. Educating someone about the horrors of the Holocaust almost guarantees that you want to avoid that, right? Because it teaches you that this is bad, which, yeah, whoever's fucking call it was to put that in the public school system where you went to school and make that a year long hour of everybody's day. I mean, that's a little extreme. Yeah, definitely. But also that person would be shitting a fucking brick if that they realize that the fucking heads of these Ivy league schools are essentially denying the horrors of the Holocaust. I mean, that's what that's it really kind of comes down to, you know, that's you're denying that it's wrong to call for the genocide of Jews. Have you learned nothing from the public school system is my thoughts when I hear that. Right. And so when I think of the two evils, you could ex you could see both as very extreme ends of the same spectrum, and I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I would also say that this goes beyond just like education. This goes into, and maybe some of this is like you could argue this is like the bad side of human nature, but a little bit of tribalism because to some degree we have to know: are you on our side or not? You know, and if and if if those are your views and you're educating the people who are supposed to be at the top of our country, why do we have why do we have such different values for the way we look at the world? And that that one did 
kind of scare me, you know, but at the same time, I can also make the opposite argument of like for human to pro humanity to progress. Maybe it's not about our team versus theirs. Or are you on our side or not? Um, I think that is a very tribal way to think of it. But at the same time, it's like, and you, I don't know, we don't have to get into this, but you told me a very personal story of someone in your life that you learned the hard way had very different uh, values to yourself and most of the people, right? And so it is a very jarring thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. Um, you know, growing through high school, man, yeah, that was rough for sure. It definitely left a scar on my, in my memory, you know, and seeing all that suffering and all that death, it really puts things into perspective. And that's something that you, you really grow like an anger towards, right? Like growing up, it's like, yo, how could that happen? <laughs> Did I ever tell you that one, one time I was like, like Truman, I was Truman, you know, coasting. And during one of my, I don't know. I don't know what you can call them. We should come up with a name for this though. But one uh, when something bad hit me, right? Like a negative vibe, right? When I was when I was tripping, I started crying, dude. Mm. I started crying because I started thinking about ISIS. And this is a time when ISIS, remember those ISIS videos were coming out and people were getting beheaded left and right. I read an article about a UCF student that lived in Florida who just happened to be out there in the Middle East and he happened to be on one of those tapes, one of those videos uh, of him getting beheaded. And I'm like, I just started crying, bro. Mm -hmm. I was like, how the fuck can someone do that to one another? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just started like really going, like, I just started crying. I was bawling my eyes out because I understood that that like the, 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 this, like just the, the meanness of it, like the, how, what's another word like you know the the evil like yeah there's no other word I, i'm trying to come up with a word but the, nothing like is worse than evil right, right. and so well not to get deep thinking, on you, you know, and kind of bring it full circle but from a mushrooms kind of viewpoint why is it so tragic that someone gets their life taken away from them like get get deep like what do you think the answer to that question is well they're robbed of an experience on earth on you know they're robbed from an experience of having kids they're robbed of an experience from yeah. experiencing life you know experiencing a, you know a relationship a marriage like you know uh all the all the, the goods of the world yeah i would say that's right? also all of the above but what if that person had a really shitty life like what if some people might view it as doing them a favor and so I I would that's dark. I, I, that's, dark. that's very dark, but darkness. I, kind of the point I'm getting at is yeah. I think it's even a broader sense than that is whatever purpose that they had for being here, they were taken before they had the chance to even try, you know. Yeah. And that purpose could have been any number of things depending on what that person's life was before that, but that's right. Also kind of what I, I think, think that about most that, you know, when when people are taken too soon. It's like, man, they were, they probably had a to-do list this long that was leading them somewhere they wanted to go. Poof. You know, I, I mean, I feel the same way. Like it's coming from, uh, yeah. you know, just viewing the tragedy of that, 
bro, I think it's so tragic that there are people in this world who live in first world countries that get mad at how slow someone is driving so they honk and both of them just happen to be in a pissed off mood that day and they just start fucking shooting at each other because of because of road rage and then you realize as you're fucking like <laughs> like both people get hit or whatever it's like man was it worth losing your life over a little bit of fucking road rage on a random tuesday like i think that's equally as tragic you know it is yeah it is it is and just like the the sensitive nature of life like that was like a key thing that i was thinking about when i was tripping for that first time i was just like wow we're fucking sensitive as hell we could die at any given point we got to make the most of it out of every single fucking moment and that's what i was like really thinking about after i had my crying phase because you know i was crying bawling my eyes out and then i you know peeked back up with like some self-realization moments like yo 100 percent, we got to make the most of it for sure um because i i went to dark areas mm. when i was tripping and i'm sure a lot of people do and sometimes you got to go there you got to go to the darkness in order to find the light and so you know that's exactly what i did i was just fucking <laughs> felt like sludge like i was making my way through sludge and shit if i were to put words on it but yeah man it's fucking it's it's crazy i was just thinking about morality on that trip and it was it was it answered questions for sure you know for yeah. me subconsciously like what kind yeah. of questions like deep ones like just like i used to question if morality was a construct of humans morality what do you mean by morality like morality, morals. the sense of morality. Yeah, having morals. Okay. Because out there, I'm sure there's some civilization fucking doing atrocious things to each other all the time. And like, they don't even think that it's atrocious. See, I feel like morality, right now, morality in itself is a requirement for survival of a species. You know, because if every like... Huh, that's interesting. That's just my opinion. You know, I think anything, any human hmm. behavior that there is is there because of your body's need for survival and reproduction, you know? Right. But in the grand scheme of things, your idea of good is, could be very different from my idea of good. And maybe that's where consciousness like starts to arise, like higher levels of consciousness, because like a, a dog has enough morals to survive in a pack of dogs. But I think when humans get to a place where their survival and reproduction is no longer in jeopardy, then they start to create problems in the world around them. And so that's where morals get really gray uh, in that world because we don't have to survive a fucking thunderstorm, you know, the for most of us, obviously yeah. not, the, not, not the homeless. Right. But um, right. But the homeless also are not, because of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, wondering about the morality of humanity while tripping on mushrooms, right? They're, so I think a lot of these problems we create are probably necessary to grow to another level of consciousness. You know what I'm saying? That could be the case. Because, I think so. Um, yeah. So is morality itself something that 
is necessary for a species to evolve and grow over time. Yeah, because if you if humans were, had no morals, they would just be killing for the sake of killing, taking what they want to take without any fear of repercussions. You know, so to some degree, the morals that you have are actually formed by how groups of people think. And I don't, I actually talk about this in my documentary that you watched, right? The whole, whole monkeys experiment. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That's really trippy, bro. Like the whole, I'll recollect it here for, for the sake of people listening. But basically there's an experiment where they put five monkeys in a cage and then they left them there. And then eventually they put bananas at the top of the cage and the monkeys realized that there were bananas there. And so um, one monkey went to go climb up and reach the bananas. And as soon as he did, the experimenters sprayed him with a fucking fire hose and like embarrassed him. It, like the water hurt when it was hitting him. It was cold and he was left there sitting just like embarrassed. This little fucking monkey just in the corner like, why did you spray me? And then another person went for the, the bananas and they sprayed that monkey. And so now there's multiple monkeys that were just embarrassed by getting sprayed with this water just for going for the bananas. And so they let these monkeys sit there long enough and eventually they get hungry. And another one of the monkeys goes, all right, fuck this. I'm going to go get some bananas because I'm hungry. And so that one goes... And before they can spray this monkey with water, all the other monkeys grab that monkey and pull him down and beat the fuck out of him. Just beat the fuck out of this monkey. Like, don't you dare go for those fucking bananas, right? <laughs> and so basically, here's where it gets interesting is one by one over the course of time, they started cycling in a new monkey into the group where they take one out put a new monkey in who didn't know any of the rules. Right. And mm -hmm. that monkey sure enough will go, Holy shit. There's bananas up there. Let's like, let's go get those bananas. Mm -hmm. And he would go get the bananas. And sure enough, that monkey would get pulled down by all the other monkeys and it would beat the fuck out of the monkey. Right. Mm -hmm. And so over time they kept switching these monkeys out. And over time, eventually they had five new monkeys this is a second generation of monkeys. None of them were there originally when anybody got sprayed by water. But they all knew one thing. If you go after the fucking bananas, we're going to pull you down and beat the fuck out of you. And that was a rule that was ingrained into the way they thought about that environment. That they never questioned where it came from, never questioned why mm -hmm. it was there. It was just a moral of the group. So mm -hmm. when we talk about morals, I think for humans to survive and reproduce long enough to where they can start to worry about problems like the the existence of humanity or whatever the, by that point you have to have some baseline rules for society to operate upon or else you'll always be stuck in survival mode that's kind of the yeah. point i'm getting at yeah, that is interesting. Um, the whole ban the monkey story. I think that, honestly, man, I don't know because what if what if we can a civilization can grow past the need for morality, right? Meaning that, like, 
I don't know where I'm going with this, but what if it can actually happen, right? Is that something where it doesn't have to resort? Desirable? You think it's desired, desirable to live in a society that has no morals? No, 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 not at all. We need morals. I mean, but I'm saying like, what if it's all about motivation, right? Like when you see a classic hero and villain story, the villain is often portrayed as the villain because he is seen doing something that's immoral, right? Or something that affects the main character, the hero, right? And so you never really put your perspective on the villain 100% because he has his own motivations as well. Yeah. Right? He has his own motivations for, you know, succeeding in the story. And so yeah. I feel like morality is also perspective based. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so what are you saying? Are you saying that maybe they have a point to let Jews get genocided? No, dude, not at all. <laughs> is that you know, what you're saying? Hell? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that what if there is a civilization that decides to invade Earth and kill all of us, and they think it's completely normal? Who's they? The aliens? The reptilians. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like, in their perspective, they're just doing their job. Yeah, we were sent here. We got to take out this planet. You know, it's just another fucking random day in the cosmos. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a fuck. If they want to get rid of us. Yeah. They'll have their own motives for doing it, and they'll think they're right. I don't think people, yeah, unless people are self-destructing, they don't usually do things because it's they know it's the wrong thing. You know, right. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I just got high as fuck. But what I can say, bro. Oh, yeah, what I forgot I can you really smoked say. weed when I went and took a little bathroom break. <laughs> I took a little bathroom <laughs> break. Question in the morality <laughs> of fucking <laughs> humans. No, but listen. Is it better to listen, not listen. have morals? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. That's not what I, you're taking words out of my mouth. But what I did, what I did, what I was going for was, is that the government and entities that aren't necessarily in favor of the population <clears throat> georgia guidestones remember you did a whole video on it oh yeah those are what fun. i think is those yeah that was a cool video what <laughs> they have their own morality system in place right because they the people who wrote the georgia guidestones didn't they want like 182,000 people to stay on the planet alive i think it was 500,000 500,000. So keep humanity they have their under 500,000. Keep humanity under Maybe it was okay. 500 million. It was 500 million 500, for sure. Yeah. 500 million. So that means you'd have Even to get rid of like seven eighths of the planet or something like that. Mm. Yeah. So they were in favor of that, right? In a way. They, and well, so I think they were saying for the four. I think it was more of an of optimization thing. Like, hey, you should get nine hours of sleep every night, you know, but you should also go to bed right at sunset every night, right? So I think you should for the betterment of humanity. I, that's at least how I took it. They probably, yeah. but a lot of people said that, are they calling for the genocide of humanity? I think... Mm. Because if you compare it to everything else on there, I mean, it was like rules for humanity to survive, potentially 
long enough to go into the cosmos or whatever. And I think mm. they probably were just like, because every other rule had a positive sentiment. The fact that they but how did they get slip one optimum in, number? What do you? It, it was probably a guess. I don't know, uh, but at the same time, like that's that's what's trippy about it because sometimes, sometimes when I'm putting together these videos and I'm putting this thrilling music behind it. And I'm doing it because I just wish they had content like this on Amazon Prime. Like that's that's my goal. I was like, I want to just create a dope movie that I would want to watch when I can never decide what to wa watch on fucking Amazon or Netflix or whatever. Yeah. And I want them to tell these cool stories. So I'm putting like, I don't know if people realize this, but I put as much effort into sound design as I do finding B-roll. Because I want to make it a thrilling edge of your seat experience. And as we talk about the Georgia Guidestones, I even ended the, the the video with like horror music. It was like really just like I, I feel like I'm going to get stabbed at any moment. And now they're talking about this is yeah. being demonic, you know, and that was obviously done intentionally. But you got to realize it's just some fucking stones that some dude put up. But the yeah. but the creepy part about it that's almost implied by the music is, was it put up by the Illuminati? Did an alien put it up that was disguised as a men in black? Like, what was in the time capsule underneath the thing? Did they find the time capsule? Was it some, like, alien technology? These are all valid questions. But they're all questions that you're only thinking because of all the other fucking sauce that I put around the video. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it could also it could also be that. And that's what's that's what's fun about it, you know? Cause it was built yeah. to outlast the apocalypse. Like what the fuck? Like that was the purpose? Hmm. Built to outlast the apocalypse. Hmm. Like the guidestones themselves. That's were... why it had like 13 languages on it. And one of them was fucking Egyptian hieroglyphs. Like that's weird. Did they ever find out who blew it up? Nope. Not to my knowledge. So it, huh? Usually you find out. I mean, like, yeah, if there's, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they know. I'm sure they know who did it. It's probably a politician, but, you know, think so. I mean, there were so many, I suggested a few in the, in the YouTube video and I was a little worried because I thought I was going to start some like YouTube beef and it still might if the video happens to blow up one day. I don't think it's really blown up by any means. But um, there was one like really conservative YouTuber who I when I started playing horror music is when I started getting into the theories and I started really shining a light on certain people who are outspoken against them who happen to just be mm. like one of them was a, a Republican YouTube content creator. And another one was a fucking politician in Georgia who thought these were mm. things were demonic. And I, and I wasn't saying that they blew them up, but what I was kind of making the point of is that we're implying is they that could be a suspect there, is that there are a lot of people who wanted those things blown up, which makes it extremely yeah. complicated to find out who actually did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. True. 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 I mean, if you had if you had a guess though, who 
and you don't have to say name like specific names, but like, like what party or organization you think did that? <laughs> you had to, you had to meditate for that one. I'm remote viewing what my answer would be. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh shit! My man. camera cut out. They knew I was about to expose them. It was probably you Bill Gates. Al- yeah, you went eleven on their asses. Bill Gates? You think so? I don't fucking know. Could have been Taylor oh. Swift. <laughs> oh man. Listen, man, this is what I know. Okay. This is what I know. All right. Hear me out. There have a hundred percent been several psyops happening right now in the government. And one of them, one of the craziest ones that they're trying to low key sneak right under our noses is the depopulation tactic that they're implementing through nutrition, through life, wait, through lifestyle products, through clothing, the air we breathe, everything is a depopulation tactic in my opinion. Everything that's been happening, all these major organizations, big sunscreen is one of them. Toothpaste companies, another one of them. Yeah. Laundry detergent companies, another one of them, right? They know that there are these harmful ingredients in them and no one's doing anything about them. Like they're not banning these, right? They're not, they're not doing anything. Did you know, here's a, here's a cool fun fact. We've gone so backwards, even with sunscreen and this could be controversial, right? And I don't believe in sunscreen at all in case you didn't tell, but did yeah, you that's know why you're always that, sunburned? Those rosy exactly. cheeks. <laughs> Did you know that that hospitals used to have sun wards? Um, no, I didn't. What is a sun ward? Is that a sun room, basically? It it's a sun it's a sun room where they basically put people outside to tan to heal them of many ailments that they suffered from. Like vitamin D and deficiency so, and calcium deficiency. Bingo. Those are two of the craziest and most common vitamin deficiencies that exist in the world, specifically in the United States and northern countries, right? And so and I tell my girlfriend to take her iron supplements too because those girls, they be bleeding every month and they got a they got <laughs> real deficient iron, you know. Raw liver. Raw liver is the way to go. 100%. My girlfriend, yeah. my fiance, uh has requested that I no longer critique her nutrition on our podcast. (laughs) So I got no comments on that, but here's the thing, man. I hear you on everything's depopulation tactic, but at the same time, I also see environmental activists who tragically die in their fucking fifties but the whole time their life purpose was worrying about fucking depopulation. When in reality, you think back and you go, man, was it worth it? Should they have just like stopped questioning depopulation and started enjoying the time that they had? And that's kind of where I come back to, you know, like 
Yeah. I, no, for sure. Yes, for sure, for sure. There's a lot, a lot but, of things, but at the same time, the moment you were born, you started dying. You know, you, your clock started ticking, and so that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. But you can do everything in your power to prevent that clock from running faster. Right. Yeah. True. From ticking faster, and so, you know. What I hate is that there's been, and I, you know, environmentalists, I mean, you know, they could, you know, I mean, they have their own agendas, right? There's different kinds of like, you know, environmental, uh, programs, right? I'm, I'm assuming, right. Uh, people that there's different kinds of environmentalism is what I'm saying. And so like, I think that, you know, pushing sunscreen and making people scared of cancer and, you know, putting all these things in our head, like, Oh, you can't go outside without wearing sunscreen. Right. Instead of pushing sunscreen products, why don't you push Pfizer. fixing the root cause? They should be trying to fix the root cause and not necessarily substitute, you know, topical shit that gives you the actual cancer. Right. And so that's, that's essentially what's been going on. I mean, like over half a century ago, Hospital patients, they used to be prescribed sunlight to heal their bodies. And that's crazy because we've been told the exact opposite for so long, right? So but throughout our entire childhood and growing up, I used to be told all the time, oh, wear your sunscreen. Uh, you know, you're going to get sunburn and sunburn is bad. No bueno. Yeah. Right. And so I hear you. The root cause is really what you eat. Yeah. Right. Because people did not get cancer. You best believe people, primitive cultures, they skin cancer. What? But here's the thing. There's, there's you got to admit that there is a time and a place for sunscreen, right? Mm, there's natural alternatives to sunscreen, not Let, fucking let's all say, these chemicals. Let's say my pale ass girlfriend who works inside and stays inside 99% of the day. Uh, okay. Goes on vacation to the Bahamas. Yes. For a week. Sunscreen. 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 Right? Sunscreen. Sunscreen. Or she's going to get a really yeah. bad burn. Not only that, if she's underexposed, it's kind of like a muscle. You got to train it. You got to go outside, get sun incrementally yes. to the point where you start tanning. But there's another little factor that's associated here. Okay. And that is nutrition. That is nutrition. And I hate to circle back to it, but there's actual, there's an actual correlation with the ingestion of seed oils, right? Which are like canola, safflower, sunflower, peanut, any kind of seed oil that you could think of. There's a direct correlation. Olive. olive is good. Yeah. As long as it's not rancid, it's from like a, a, a singular farm, you know, in Italy or something. So what about organic? just generic shit from the grocery store? Just extra virgin olive oil, extra virgin. Just, but it's like there's a, the cheap. It's better, bottle, you know. Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent better, but it's not. It could be rancid. How? Who knows how long that oil's been sitting in that shelf for? You uh, know? Yeah, yeah. The faster the batch, the richer. Avocado oil. A lot of it has been very scammy. People have uh, have said that avocado oil actually contains canola oil, which is like super what? super toxic. Yeah, they've been putting in like. 5% avocado oil and things that say avocado oil in it. 
and calling it avocado oil. But if you look at the insane. ingredients, will it show you? So you got to look for the right ones? Nope. Sometimes they don't. They don't. Damn. thought I yep. found it good. Yeah. But, I mean, it, you, may, you may have. I mean, there are some, a very few out there that have actual, like, full avocado oil. But the best fats that you can eat is going back back to you are what you eat. We're Wagyu. animals. I saw Bingo. this video on social media the other day of, like, some, like, really, apparently really high-quality Wagyu beef. And it was like when it was still a yeah. big muscle. So they were cutting the ribeyes out of it, I think. So and, good. Uh, it was so marbled that it was like the most marbled piece of meat I've ever seen. And it looked like very good, right? From the casual observer. But then I look at the comments and everybody's like, it's basically just fat with the side of like with beef flavoring, you know? And then some people were like, it's basically just spam at that point, you know, like, and I'm like, yeah, dang, is there a point where it's got too much fat in that sake? You know what I'm saying? It, it depends. You know, yeah, it does depend on like how you like it. There's people that like fatty steak. I've never been one of those people. You know, there's people that like lean steak. I lean more towards lean, but also like I throw in some fat on it. You know what I mean? which is like the best kind of fat that you can eat, period, is animal fat. Animal fat is the the cleanest fat source that you could ever eat. And so all these seed oils that they're feeding us, going back to the sun, you know, why they're making us fear the sun, all these seed oils that we're eating are affecting our inability to tan in which we burn, right? And when we burn, that's what really creates the cancer mm. because – if we adjust and we cater to sunlight and you know we adjust our, our melanin in our skin, if we adjust it to sun and the frequency, you know, every single day getting sun, there's a, you're not going to get cancer, right? And so I'm not a doctor. Don't call me on that. But, you know. You know what? I actually confronted Tom Bilyeu. Who? Uh, the guy who created Quest. Bars, Quest Nutrition. Oh, that's right. You did tell me that. Yeah, Quest Bars. I met yeah. him at this uh, conference and just happened to find well, myself in a in a 30-minute conversation with a guy standing in the lobby of this place. And I gave him shit because I was like, are you aware that your Quest pizzas have one gram of trans fat in it? He goes, what? I said... <laughs> This is your company. Don't you know this? He goes, oh, I, well, I sold Quest a long time ago for like a billion dollars. But, uh, man, that's crazy. I didn't know that. If that's the case, that's not good. I go, yeah, I fucking have one in my freezer because I'm not going to eat that fucking trans fat when I read that nutrition label. But I had so many of the, <laughs> these fucking things. Yeah, Quest, they have questionable ingredients in their foods. So I would ask them like, yo, y'all better. Well, he didn't own it anymore, but. That's crazy though. Yeah, Quest, eh, a little iffy. Now he's That's, a podcaster. Yeah. Is he? I feel like everyone's trying to be a podcaster these days. I mean, he had a podcast that was pretty popping, like before podcasts were big. And was it? Yeah, and, and now it's just like in the personal development type of space. So, like, if you're an online marketer, maybe you might listen to the guests on there. But hey, are there any paranormal hotspots in uh, in Arizona? 
There's a couple in Arizona, but Kansas has got way more, if I'm being honest. Really? Uh, the most haunted, the Sally House, which is the most haunted house in America, is in Atchison, Kansas. It's like 30 minutes away from where I grew up. Um, Damn. You know, which is really ironic because that town where I grew up was the first city in Kansas. And it's right there at the military base where they fucking fought Indians on fucking Indian ground. Holy shit. And so, yeah, like the whole fucking area is Yo. fucking trippy. Haunted. I have an idea. We should we should shoot a documentary uh on a haunted place in Arizona. I'll fly out. I'll get the night vision camera. It's funny you mention oh. this because right before we got on and hit record, I was thinking to myself, we should just get you out here to Arizona and do a an actual just like fucking mind fucked style documentary on the Phoenix Lights. Let's do it. I'm down. Because I've been looking for, oh, I want to do a video on the Phoenix Lights, but as far as I know, the rabbit hole is not that deep. There were lights in the sky, Yo. it got denied, you know, and that's about it, you know. But You were thinking about going to the actual location where the lights were seen? That's the thing is, I live in the actual location where the lights were seen. Hey. I drive these streets every day where it was seen. Um it was that big. I remember it was a big one. Yeah. Camelback Mountain. Yeah. They say it was as wide as Camelback Mountain. Camelback Mountain is the fucking Damn. landmark on how you know where you're fucking at in the valley. You know what I'm saying? So That's I'm driving crazy. in and around Camelback Mountain all the fucking time. You know, so if you came out here, I would definitely want to find a fresh take on the Phoenix Lights. Uh, and that, that would be, be fucking amazing. And it would also be a great way to promote the pod cast yeah you know so that would be dope that would be dope yeah that would be really cool and even then and even probably just also like you know just just for fun like doing like a paranormal investigation that would be cool you know if we could find like a place where they'll give us access for the night and we'll get set up like tripods we'll set up like you know we'll just rent shit for like a day and make like a documentary and then we'll like talk about the history of the location in the video and just like give like a, a breakdown of like the kinds of spirits that reside there, right? Like a paranormal investigation, you know? We'll just go in, we'll learn, yeah, and then we'll film, bust out the <sighs> EMF readers, the EVP recorders, yeah, and then after the after the investigation, we'll review it. And if we catch something good, if we don't, then you know, still post we move it. on, but and still post it, yeah, um, it'd be dope. Yeah, I feel dope. like I could arrange that for that childhood daycare i was telling you about that fucking old haunted mansion Dude, and i feel like they crazy. would do it um where is it in kansas <clears throat> leavenworth kansas yeah and i how far is it from arizona oh i mean i would have to fly there it's like a three-hour flight two and a half hour flight. oh okay yeah yeah it's, it's a drive yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i would fly i'm not driving that uh yeah but if we wanted to fly anywhere and do an investigation, that's one that I'm adding to the list, you know, as far as like, cause that's a, such a compelling place. Not only, you remember I told you about the hat man where I got like just bad vibes when I went, was in the room, wherever I saw yeah. the hat man, this whole mm -hmm. building was just bad vibes in every other room. I'm telling you, bro. Like, damn, especially, um, the, I mean, the house is so old and big that there's like just passageways to 
that you didn't know existed to to get upstairs you know what i'm saying that link to the fucking main kitchen or whatever right and, right right and there's the the entrance to the basement is through the kitchen of in one section of this house and that basement had a rocking chair down there it was unfinished is this fucking concrete wall room it kind of looked like the room from signs if you remember they were in that basement just like yeah. just all concrete yeah. bro. and i'm telling you that was the most bad vibes i'd ever felt in any room ever you just looked behind you dude don't say that <laughs> don't say that <laughs> bro i'm telling you if we if we went to that fucking house we could do the place where i saw the apparition we could send you into the basement by yourself <laughs> i'm down i'm game yeah. hey listen bro yeah dude i love the thrill of it it's so fun yeah like being alone in the dark knowing oh. that there might be something right next to you that, that is my Ooh. worst fear and and also like i happen to be interested in paranormal shit but it's also my worst fear yeah. is sitting in a fucking dark room trying to talk to ghosts. I I don't even like like when I go through haunted houses where people are dressed up, I don't like yeah. being at the back of the pack and I don't like being in the front yeah. of the pack. I'm gonna be right in the middle <laughs> where people are blocking me. Okay. And you think I'm gonna go into a fucking dark room with just myself and a camera? Yeah, no, I am not. As much as I think that sounds like an adrenaline rush, I would not have the balls to do it. I'm telling you, I think I would chicken out. You think so? I think I think you would like it, bro. I I used to when I when I would go investigate, I'd have that same fear, like of like just being. I've been on like several, bro. I've been on like nine investigations, and each one of them where they just give me access to like the actual place at night and night. You know, you know what happened there. There was some dude that was murdered. Um, he was actually beheaded in this one room that I had to stay in. Um, and yeah, felt vibes. Definitely felt vibes that I couldn't explain. And it's it's a very visceral experience is what I'm going to say. Like, it's very like creepy and like ominous. It's very weird feeling when you're there knowing that that happened but i wonder if you were to just place someone placebo like that did not know anything about what happened at that location and spent the night there as well i think that i'm pretty sure there was a, like a paranormal investigation team that actually did that but i'm not sure if because usually when people do a paranormal investigation they know what goes on there yeah right beforehand so they have a prerequisite knowledge of like well, like paranormal okay, shit is like here. it's never you can't predict it you know so that's why it's you hard can't. Um, right. because you can go to a place where a bunch of shit went down or people saw some shit, um, but it doesn't guarantee that you'll see anything. And that's the scary part. That's why I think I've always wanted to try it because I have had a handful of paranormal experiences in my life, which most people never even have one. And that's why it's like, yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like most of the interviews I do, I ask them like, have you ever experienced something you can't explain? Like that's like the one question I usually ask people. And most people have not, you know, most people have never seen shit. I've, I've talked to a few people who have uh, claimed to see a UFO, but that's about it. Right. And um, yeah. Uh, but I've, I've had like hands down undeniable 
multiple paranormal experiences. So that's where I'm like, I got to at least try because maybe I, I would try. I, I'm more susceptible I think you're sensitive. to where I could like, yeah, have something happen, you know, based on what you told me, bro. I think that you're a sensitive. I really think that you could be, and you would be a good investigator, like in a sense where like, if you were, if you really did have these capabilities, it would make you a great investigator. Yeah. Like a great paranormal, paranormal investigator. Kind of like those, there's two kids, right? That do um, paranormal investigate investigation videos on YouTube, right? Sam and Colby. Sam and Colby. From Kansas as well. From Kansas. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like they don't have like a medium on their team, right? Or somebody that's more like. No, but their last video series that they did at the Conjuring House, they brought in uh, this couple who did you, I don't know if, did you see this video? They brought in this couple and this is really trippy where they both did paranormal investigations separately and would go on them. And then they met each other on a paranormal investigation and realized that when they are making contact, they can communicate with ghosts. It's like a beacon and it's crazy. They can do it anywhere, anywhere where they're making skin or just like even holding each other's like arms, like in over their clothes or whatever. Um, they're able to communicate with whatever spirit might happen to be nearby. And this is crazy because basically Sam and Colby, they did this at the conjuring house and somehow were getting messages from like their grandparents that nobody had any idea, like that they would know these types of things. And it was bringing Sam and Colby to fucking tears. And then they, they spent the next two or three videos trying to debunk it trying to think, okay, how could they fake this? Let's try to challenge them to do it here. They would do it in the middle of a fucking random park, in the middle of fucking some location that was completely chosen at random by some person who was talking to them over the phone, right? And they, the way they do it is when they make skin-to-skin contact, spirits nearby can knock, and then they go, okay, knock when I get to the letter you want me to stop on, A, B, C, D, E, and they would spell out sentences, and bro, everywhere they went. So- I'm not saying that that would happen with me, but I'm saying that Sam and Colby, to answer your question, uh, did have that meet those mediums uh, on their most recent video yeah. series that I saw. That yeah, it, that's that's interesting. I want to watch their videos. Yeah, I've been meaning to catch up on the paranormal world because that was something that I had, dude. I was so interested in it that I was like, "Fuck it, we're gonna do it." We're going to stay in these places at night and we're going to bust out the night vision cameras. We're going to try to catch something. And we did, bro. We did. We did, which is crazy. And I still can't put my finger on what it was. And we went in with zero expectations. And it was just that door that you said was opening and stuff, opening and closing. It was that door. Yeah, it was that door. It was opening and closing. And then on another night, we stayed at this uh, Arch Creek Park, which I told you about. It was like this park in the middle of Miami, right? It was like a forest, the only forest in Miami, really. And and we were staying in like the museum park part of it we're locked in there was nobody in the park nobody nobody in the park like we did a tour of the entire park before we went in and the park was completely empty and so we locked ourselves in the museum and while we were there right we were just asking questions is there anybody here can someone make a noise a footstep something give us a sign next thing you know bro we hear 
outside, bro. We hear footsteps, bro. We hear footsteps outside, people walking. Subsequently, like that, you could hear the footsteps, like as if somebody was like running. Mm. And we all freak out. We all freak out. We caught it on video. Um, That's crazy. But it's one of those situations where it's like, yo, there's definitely something that is willing to communicate while we're investigating, while we're filming. And I feel like it all really depends on your intention. A, of course, your intention and um, your willingness to, you know, communicate with them in effectiveness, right? Effectiveness is another one. And so, um, yeah, you keep looking behind you. Because, well, I'm hearing some noises outside, but I, uh, I don't know. As you're saying this, I'm starting to like on, think about like the feelings that I was having while in the basement of this fucking house I was telling you about that the the stairwell down to it is through the kitchen. Um yeah. And this is a big house like I can't I can't reinforce that like there's basically sections of this house, right? And uh now that I really think about it and I could be making this up in my head, but it, the, whatever I felt like was down in that basement, it always felt like it was in a specific corner by the, by where the rocking chair ironically was. And the rocking chair sometimes would rock. And the only reason we'd go down there is because maybe a teacher would ask us to grab something out of the fucking freezer down there real quick, which is like had this lid on it or whatever. Um, Hmm. I could be making this up, but it always felt like it was like a, a spirit that was like a dark shadow with like a trench coat and maybe a hat now that I think about it. I, I mean, the, that could be, man. but I'm just saying like this house, like there was something w- off about that fucking house. You know, I still think about it sometimes. Yeah. I feel like there's something with the hat man, with you and the hat man. I hope not. There might be. A I hope not. Uh, <laughs> There's, if you really think about the, yeah, like if you think about the Hat Man, do you know the Undertaker from WWE? Yeah, that's what he reminds me of, the Hat Man. Well, I feel like a lot of fears that people have, like, um, even horror horror movies have taken inspiration from this phenomenon. And I'm only making that guess as someone who made a video about it and looked up a bunch of B-roll, and a lot of these B-roll happen to be from movies like Freddy Krueger you know, and, uh, and other movies and Jeepers Creepers. And now that you say the undertaker, like a lot of these themes, you've got to think if this is a real phenomenon, which by this point, how can you say it's not a real phenomenon, at least as someone who's experienced it. And as someone who's had their mind blown, when I saw a documentary of other people talking about the experience and the illustration is the exact fucking thing I saw that I didn't know other people even knew existed. Um, so it's obviously a real phenomenon and it leads me to believe that a lot of Hollywood narratives might be based on the hat man experience, whether they realize it or not, because there is a lot of depictions of Freddy Krueger walking up and it's a shadow of him with his fucking hat. There's also a lot of, uh, you know, the, the trench coat and top hat looked ex- almost exactly like the best representation of it was the creature from Jeepers Creepers, you know? Um, right. And it would come in the yeah. night and you would always see the shadow of it. It looks like a scarecrow yeah. at first, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like that classical silhouette. 
Yeah. Yeah. The people in vision. And that's just what fucking creeps me out about it the most is. It's a silhouette of a man with a hat, a very large man with a, with a, with a trench coat and a hat. But the thing is the time period of the clothing of the trench coat and the hat is not something that would be from the 1800s. You feel me? It's something that's very Mm. specific to what you would probably describe as like, you know, maybe the twenties, the thirties, yeah, maybe the forties. Yeah. Yeah. Why that time period of clothing? You know what I'm saying? That's interesting. That's what's always tripped me out about it. Because if this is an ancient phenomenon, have they always seen been seeing 1940s uh, attire, trench coat and top hat? Maybe it's an entity that shapeshifts over the course of history and adapts to certain trends. Okay, but if that's the case, why is it stuck in the 40s or whatever? Is there something significant about the 40s? We pop into an alternate reality where UFOs and aliens exist, and it, we're seeing a ripple in space-time as that's manifesting as this fucking shadow being that's stuck in that time period. Could be. It's a black hole theory. If you think about it, what else? What else over the past what set eighty years has occurred? That would create another classical silhouette of a man of, of, a, of an entity. The nuclear explosion, bro. Maybe that's the man observing the first nuclear explosion happening from his fucking office miles away. Maybe we're fucking seeing the outline of Oppenheimer frozen in time, not even realizing it. Yo. And it's it's a scary experience because that's how he felt when he realized that he just created the nuclear weapon. The anxiety, the feeling like of an impending doom. It's like all feelings that one manifested into a being create created this. Did we just solve the hat man phenomenon? I think you did. I think that was all you, bro. That's pretty crazy, though. That's a crazy one. Dude, I've seen Oppenheimer. Not the movie, (laughs) but the person. The shadow. I saw his shadow. He did wear a hat and trench coat. Bro, that's what I'm saying. Like, even in the movie poster, kind of looks like that. Hmm, That's weird. And I'm sure his costume was based on reality. Because they try to make it as accurate as possible from what I hear. I haven't seen the movie yet. I, I haven't watched it because it's really long and people tell me it sucks. I saw it. Was it good? Um, it's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. Yeah. I think it's hard to keep up though if you have like AD, ADHD like me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it is hard to keep up. But it's a, it's a good historical movie. Like it's not, you know, like a Marvel Cinematic movie like where you expect like heroes and villains and bad guys and good guys um but i mean it's good it tells it tells the story really really well it's a christopher nolan movie you would love the cinematography you would love it because i know you watch movies to critique them and shit like yeah so it's almost a you would like it it's, it's not i mean it's almost a bad trait like i don't know if it's a good trait or not but i find myself you know i think what it happened was i think it's good 
Yeah. I think it's good. You have a critical eye. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I'm trying to yeah. improve my own content. And I, I've, yeah. When I procrastinate, which at, for a while, um, around when I started dating my girlfriend, my now fiance, I, there was no version of like, check out it. When I was single, it was, I wake up, I work, I eat, I work out, I go to sleep when I get tired and I keep working, you know? And then when I had a girlfriend, I had to justify why am I sitting down and watching this sh random show with her, you know? And I would go, okay, well, actually, you know what? That, that commercial was actually really interesting. Maybe I can learn about like pattern interrupts and hooks from that commercial. And I would take like little bits of like, I guess notes that I could use in my own content from content that I started consuming and it became like this light bulb moment for me. And I think that's probably where the habit started to where by this point it's a full blown, like call it a bad habit, call it a good habit, but everything I watch, whether it's a movie, a commercial or a TV show, I'm critiquing how I found out about it from the marketing. I'm critiquing the fucking intro and how they're keeping me on the edge of my seat or if I'm getting bored and I'm questioning everything about it. What was the decision making? What's the timing of this cut? What's the lighting? So I don't know. You're right. Maybe it is a habit that I, I do and I don't know if it's a good one or a bad one, but it, it definitely helps my content. I feel. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. It's a good, it's good. You're having a critical eye. Does it lessen the enjoyment of things for you or not? Nah? Because for me, I, I mean, it, may, it it increases my appreciation for the art form. Yeah. Not necessarily affects my enjoyment out of it. But there was... Would you say... It, I would say it enhances it um, in the sense of... In a different way, right? It's It's like... It's like having a bigger vocabulary you know what i'm saying like there right. are people who have a very low vocabulary and so when they express themselves sometimes they don't know how to express themselves because they don't have the right words to do it you were talking about sometimes your three-year-old your four-year-old doesn't know how to express those emotions so they just comes out and bursts yeah. of anger or whatever right so yeah i feel like in the same way having a higher vocabulary enhances your ability to convey emotions me critiquing those little things gives me a deeper appreciation for when they do the things the little things right you know i there are some and and maybe it is an iq thing because there are some people who like movies that i find completely retarded because i think the storyline is very poorly executed you know even if it looks cool yeah right but there's like another movie i'll give this example because you probably haven't seen it and i would highly recommend you watch it it's called in a Valley of Violence, and it's a Western film, and it has mm. Ethan Hawke as the main character in it. And um, John Travolta is also like the anti-hero, like his opposition, but he's also like got some redeeming qualities. And John Travolta and him in this movie get into a shootout in this Western old 1800s town where everybody's hiding inside of these wooden buildings. And John Travolta shoots this shotgun at this wooden staircase that Ethan Hawke is hiding behind. And then they get into a little bit of a shootout and they start, um, you know, there's a lot of cuts in between and then they start talking, there's dialogue and there's all these cuts between the close-ups of their face and then zoomed out or whatever. 
And I was watching this film and I was also on mushroom. So I was noticing even more fine details. Mm -hmm. And I realized that when they came out from hiding and they kind of came out into the middle and started talking, there was levels to a shot that I appreciated on the first level was sawdust. And I'll come back to the sawdust on the next level was Ethan Hawke with this staircase that was just blown up, um, you know, a few minutes prior. And then this other level behind him was John Travolta in the distance. Right. But I described to my friend, the level of attention to detail to remember that there's still sawdust blowing in the air when it's been three or four minutes since he shot at the staircase was just like, it made me appreciate that scene so much more. You know what I'm saying? Why would you think I wouldn't like this? I don't know. I think I feel like I sound nerdy or boring when I talk about little shit like that. No, dude. Yeah, I love that shit. I love that shit. Did you ever see Django? I love westerns. I yeah, I've seen that one. It's been a while. Uh, probably my favorite western I've seen was you know what? Three Ten to Yuma is probably one of my favorite westerns. The the modern version of it, and then this other one. What was it called? Oh, Crazy Eight or whatever Tarantino film. What was it? The uh, Hateful yes. Eight. The Hateful Eight. The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Yes, that one was dope. Yeah, that one was dope. Quentin Tarantino knows how to fuck it up. 